You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. My name is Jamie Sewell. Um, my background is in go-to-market, sales, marketing, and, and product. And so I've been with Peak for a few months and love all of you guys in it. My passion is really in health and wellness. And so during COVID, I ended up putting together a series of like workplace wellness workshops. And then it was like, well, let's just, you know, share what I know with the Peakers. So here we are, month two. Um, so thanks, Eden, for setting this up. Um, so Last month, we started with just a few like breathing techniques, and I thought that maybe we could do that again, because here's what I know for sure. We get on calls, and um, we're talking to a bunch of people, and we're sitting at our desk, and we forget to do two things, and so maybe we can do both right now. One is we forget to breathe, and then two, we forget to drink water. <laughs> so... If you have water handy, you can grab it next, but we're going to just start with three. Yeah, there we go. Okay, you can do it first too. Okay, so we're just going to start with three breaths and we're just going to inhale through the nose, long exhale out the mouth. You can sigh it out. We're going to do two more of those. Inhale, fill up, exhale out the mouth. And one more time, inhale through the nose, exhale out the mouth. And what breathing is really helping us to do is to get more into our bodies and stay present. That is going to help us with our concentration, with our clarity, whatever we need to do today. And so if you don't do anything else, I don't care about morning routines. I mean, I do care, but like breathe and drink water first. So with that, we'll hop in. So the purpose of this workshop today is um, to offer tips and tricks on how to create a effective morning routine and also how to keep it going, even if you're not a morning person. Because what I have found um, over my experience as uh, someone who now has a morning routine is that a lot of people want to have one, but they're really intimidated by the thought of getting up early or they don't know what to do to get started or they don't know how to keep it going. So that's really what we're gonna talk about today. And there's a framework called um, the Savers Method, which was created by Hal Elrod. He he certainly didn't invent it, but it's just a framework. And I think it's a really nice like way to standardize creating a sustainable morning routine. So we'll talk about that. If you have any questions, type them in the chat as we go through. And I've got the chat up, so I'm gonna try to answer your um, questions in real time. So to start off, I want to start with, basically, there are three kinds of people in this world. (laughs) There are morning people. I'm not that person. There are coffee people who then can be morning people. And then there are the rest of us. And this was definitely me pre-COVID, before my morning routine. Um, I just could not do mornings before 10 o'clock, groggy. I felt like I never had enough sleep. Uh, But then some people, like a lot of people I worked with were like morning people. So anyway, drop in the chat, one, two, or three. Brian, you already did. 
Eden, yep, doesn't like before 10 a.m. That is my natural cycle. Yep, coffee. <laughs> yeah, morning bad. Yes, true. Um, so anyway, it all belongs. I'm here to tell you that you can actually create and sustain a morning practice without being, <laughs> Jessica, you're a morning person. Yeah, you, you can create and sustain a morning practice without actually being a morning person. I normally stay up late, but I'll tell you that I, I guess about a year ago, I decided I was just going to try to go get up at 5.30 and go to a 6 a.m. yoga class. And it completely changed my life. Like every part of it. I'm talking like physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, career-wise, like it just really unlocked a lot of things, but it was, it was first that getting out of bed, that was really hard. So we're going to talk about that too. So for all of you morning or non-morning people or coffee people, do you have a morning routine today? Let me know if you have a morning routine or just where you're at. If you don't, that's cool. Sometimes people are evening workout people. Yes. Okay. So I know some people have, well, we all have a morning routine, right? Um, but some of it might be checking email or puttering around the house or like unloading dishwasher or whatever. So um, how do we create a morning routine that really sets us up for the rest of the day? And I'm talking about like meditation, exercise, journaling, affirmations, all that stuff. So the first thing, or before we get into that, um, I wanted to highlight a few benefits of a morning practice because I didn't really like understand all of the things I would get out of it. So I think if I had understood that a little bit better, I might've been able to use that as motivation to get me out of bed. So it really gives us a framework that allows us to connect the mind, body, and spirit just like right out of the gate. Like before, before we look at our phones, before we look at our email, before we help our children um, before we do anything else. Like I think taking that time for ourselves to really connect into ourselves and think about what do we want to do today? What's important to us? Like, you know, how can I just be the best person I can? Giving us that, it gives us a framework to operate off of. And that really gives us a lot more time and space to take care of ourselves. So you can think about like in an airplane, right? Like the flight attendant is like, put your mask on before you help everybody else. Um, and I think that a lot of times we just get into our normal habits, whatever our normal habits are for the day. And we don't think about, oh, like if I prioritize what I need first, that is going to help me to feel more relaxed. Like I'm not behind the rest of the day. And that's going to allow us to be a lot more present. And that presence is going to allow us to be more creative more intentional and more productive. So it kind of, it almost sounds counterintuitive, like exercise and, and meditation and, and some of these things out of the gate, because you would think, oh, well, I just need to do more. I need to be more, all of those things. But when we can take a step back and really just connect into ourselves, give ourselves what we need first, we have a lot more capacity to do anything else that we need to do um, throughout the day. I call morning routines micro challenges, meaning they help us to override our pre-programmed defaults. So, you know, we usually have these patterns that we've created over the course of our life and morning routines are a way for us to like conquer ourselves a little bit. So I always tell my husband, I'm like, you have to die to yourself in the morning so you can live for the rest of the day. <laughs> 
So anyway, overriding those pre-programmed defaults really allows us um, to live more intentionally. And, you know, for, I know there's a lot of us that are financially motivated and there's a lot of information out there about that professionals with morning routines do earn more money. I would argue that that number is super, super low because, you know, we think about celebrities, um, presidents, all these folks who have run mega companies and they all have a morning routine. They're all exercising in the morning. They're all meditating in the morning. They're all kind of prioritizing themselves for their getting into the rest of their day. So I thought I would give you a few examples. Last month, we talked about Oprah and we talked about Tom Brady. And I really actually like both of their morning routines. Oprah's is super accessible for like anybody. So she starts with a 20 minute meditation. She uses what's called transcendental meditation, which I'll explain a little bit more about in a minute. Then she does 15 minutes of high intensity cardio. So not even a lot, right? But what she's doing is she's getting her heart rate up and she's probably breaking a sweat, which is really important. Then she's going for a walk. She's getting some sunshine. So sunshine, we talked about serotonin last month, which is mostly in our gut, but the sunshine actually produces more serotonin, which of course is responsible for overall levels of well-being. So sunshine, if you can get it in the morning, is also really helpful. And then she has breakfast. So anyway, this is super accessible because I think that a lot of people think, oh, I've got to do like this huge thing. And I have a fairly extensive morning practice, but you don't have to. So you can make it work for you. And then we've got Tom Brady. So Tom Brady's routine, we can, we can do our own version of Tom Brady's routine. So he works out, obviously. He does visualization techniques. He does what's called positive priming, or which is also like affirmations, um, which we'll get into. Of course, he eats really clean. Um, he gets a lot of sleep and he's continuously learning. And what he talks about actually is he, he calls it closing his deficiencies, which I laugh about because I'm like, you know, you're Tom Brady, right? Like you're the best quarterback in history and you're worried about closing your deficiencies. And I think it just is that growth mindset. So uh, if we want to create an early morning routine, what do we need to do and how do we need to do it? Well, the first thing we need to do is we have to get out of bed. <laughs> I feel like I should have had a meme here um, because, you know, like it's just, it's much easier once you get out of bed. Everything else is easier. And so really what that means is we have to prepare the night before. So if you think about, you know, like with your children or when you were growing up, you know, to get ready for school, what did you do? You got ready the night before. So you um, went to bed at a reasonable hour, maybe ended screen time by a certain time. You laid out all of your clothes the night before. You put your shoes out by the door. You did everything you need to do. And I actually do this. So I only give myself 15 minutes to get out the door in the morning for my workout. So I get up at 530 in the morning. I put all my clothes laid out in the bathroom. I've got a full water bottle. My yoga mat's by the door. My shoes are by the door. And so I've only got 15 minutes to get up and get out. And that means I don't have time to think about, am I tired? I don't have time to think about, oh, do I want to go back to bed? <laughs> like, I don't have time to think about it. And so what it does is it helps us to get into autopilot. And I think that that's really important because if we think about it too much, we're going to be like, oh yeah, I don't want to do this. The other thing that's really important is drinking water. So hydration, most of us are a little bit underhydrated. 
So I drink a full one of these in the morning before I go work out. You don't have to drink that much necessarily, but drink in the morning, drink water before you go to bed and drink water when you get up because we're dehydrated, our connective tissue is tighter, our synovial fluids are thicker. And so, you know, if we just don't feel quite as loose and limber, that's because we're dehydrated. Watch the stories that you tell yourself and positively prime your brain. This was (laughs) one of the most interesting things that I learned when I started getting up early, because I actually didn't used to sleep very well. So I wouldn't go to sleep till like one or two in the morning. And then I wake up and I'm tired all day. And oh my gosh, I only got this amount of sleep. You only got six hours, whatever. And well, guess what? How did I expect that I was going to feel? If I'm telling myself, oh, I only got six hours of sleep and I'm tired. How am I going to feel? I'm going to feel tired. And I can tell you that just that switch telling myself, Hey, I'm, I'm not tired. Like I'm going to feel great and changing um, the expectation for how I'm going to feel made such a big difference. So what's the recommended amount of sleep? Eden, that's an awesome question. It really depends for everybody. Um, and I can tell you with absolute certainty that some of us need less sleep than we think we do. The eight hours is definitely published a lot. I don't get that much sleep. You guys will judge me if I tell you how much sleep I get. I I usually like five and a half, six hours of sleep. And I didn't get up and start my morning routines because I was like, I need all this sleep. And then now a year into it, I've realized I actually don't need that much sleep. I do sleep a little bit more on the weekends. Sleep has a lot of benefits. So feel, do what feels right for your body. There's a lot of, um, our body is flushing a lot of toxins. Our body is rehydrating our discs when we sleep. And so sleep is really important. So don't discount that. But if you believe you, if you think you need eight hours of sleep, you're going to need eight hours of sleep. If you think you need seven, you'll need seven. And so that's really, I think, how it goes. Probably wouldn't recommend more than less than five and a half. Make sure you're visualizing yourself getting out of bed early. So really like and we're going to go through visualizations a little bit more, but think about like step-by-step, what do I have to do to get up and get going throughout the day? And so really like step-by-step, what am I going to do next? And yes, uh, I think it's Leela, right? Is it Leela or Layla? Leela, you got it Leela, right. thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm sure there's a ton of research out there, but I think it really, I think it just comes down to like, where do you function best? what I learned with the sleep was like, I felt better even if I got less sleep than I really needed because my body was pro like primed and programmed to have that habit. And so at times when I would skip my routine and try to give myself more sleep, I realized that, you know what, I should have just gotten up because I felt sluggish all day, even with extra sleep. So you just have to feel that out for yourself. Create accountability. I think this is one of the most important ones for me. Um, so for me, it means I have to leave my house and go to exercise class. It means I have to give somebody money. It means I've got to have an instructor who's expecting me to show up. But you don't have to necessarily do that. Your accountability could be like meditating on Zoom with a friend or like having like a running buddy and you're going to go, you know, running in the morning. So you can create accountability um, how you want to because Some days we feel like it and some days we don't, right? And then finally, like notice your expectations. 
do one day at a time. I think, you know, a lot of us think, oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. I'm going to have like this crazy workout program at the beginning of in January, right? And then a few weeks into our routine, we fall off. And then what it's doing is a lot of times it's negatively reinforcing our brain. And so we, we need to switch it. So every day that you get out of bed and you do your routine, like is a miracle, not like I failed it. It's like, it's a miracle. I did it today. And you need to be positively reinforcing um, the things that you do well. Lastly, if you don't want to get out of bed some days, like really remind yourself how good it felt to do it the last time. And so didn't it feel really good? Yeah. You know, I didn't want to get out of bed, but like, it felt really good. Didn't it feel good? Yeah, it felt good. And so that's one of the ways that you can start to um, use your body to like help you get where you want to go. Okay. So if you get out of bed early, you die to yourself so you can live the rest of the day, what are you going to do? Um, and so that's where the savers method comes in. So it's silence, which is meditation, prayer, or uh, quiet breathing, affirmations, um, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribing, which is actually just journaling. He just needed a S at the end. And so we'll go through each of those. But like when I heard about the savers method, I was like, gosh, that sounds like a lot, even though I was pretty much already doing it. But I wanted to give you just an example of what a timeline could look like. And so for me, like exercise is really important. Meditation is the second most important. So if I don't do anything else in a day, I'm going to exercise and I'm going to meditate. I think visualizations and affirmations, you're going to see how those can be really powerful. Journaling and learning can be really powerful. Um, but, you know, meditation and exercise are my two like go-to pillars. Like if I just can't get anything else done. And so you can make this timeline work for you. Sometimes I will mix in like learning uh, with exercise, right? So you can read a book, you can listen to Audible while you exercise. Uh, and so you can make this work for you. Ooh, Ben, good question. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, meditations in just a second, because that's, that's a good question. But I wanted to um, show you that you can have like a pretty robust morning routine and still have plenty of time, you know, take care of your kids, eat breakfast, get to work, all that stuff. And that's going to, once we do our morning routine, then we really can go about um, crushing our goals. And I think if anybody tries this, I want you to let me know what you think, because I just find that I have so much clarity after I do this in the morning and can achieve my goals a lot easier. Okay. So silence and meditation. Um, I'm just curious, does anybody um, meditate today? <laughs> Poor, poorly. <laughs> yes. Pray. Yes. Ooh, yes. Best self. I love best, best self. Um, that's yeah, it's really good. They have a lot of really good products. Mm -hmm. Podcasts and pray. Yeah. And so, yes, uh, pray is definitely, uh, for a lot of people, a form of meditation. Um, my brain is very chatty when I pray. So I have to meditate and pray. <laughs> I have to do them separately. So the biggest misconception that people have, I think, about meditation is they think that they need to shut off their mind. They think, I, I can't meditate because I can't turn off my brain. Your brain is a muscle. It is responsible for keeping you alive. It is not going to turn off. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It's not going to turn off. And um, so you just have to actually learn to um, channel it and direct it to where you want it to go. 
And so really the goal of meditation is to quiet the mind and allow yourself to settle so that your energy can reorganize. And when your energy is reorganizing, that's actually called coherence. And so I'm sure you've heard that term, right? You're more coherent. And so that is what is happening. So throughout our modern world, we are very distracted. We are getting pulled in all these different directions. And that is reducing the coherence that we have in ourselves. And so when our energy can reset and settle, that is going to allow us to have more clarity and and coherence. So there's a lot of um, great benefits to meditation And there's a lot of research out there that you can do, but here's just some of the ways um, that meditation is really helpful. Yes, Eden, that is exactly right. So Eden says that the best meditation is to give myself time to think, see thoughts that pop up and then let them go. Uh, And that's exactly right. Um, So the goal is really just to quiet the mind to see what comes to the surface and then yes, let it go. So you can think about um, those thoughts like air bubbles. So you can just think of them like little air bubbles that are coming to the surface. They're being released and you don't have to figure it out. You don't need to engage with it. You can just observe them and then let them go. Yeah, there's a lot of different kinds of meditation. Some places said seven, some places said 14, some like they had all these numbers. seems like at least there's, there's at least 21, 23 kinds. Common silent meditation is called transcendental meditation. The, you don't necessarily need to be trained in transcendental meditation. Um, Basically it's 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, and you're repeating like a mantra in your mind. And so I'm gonna talk about that more in just a second. And then there's also guided meditations. Um, So with guided meditations, like for some people who maybe don't enjoy the silence, they prefer um, to have something that they can focus on instead. And so you can focus on something that you want to be released uh, or breathe, bring into your life, or just, you know, you can feel like you can relax a little bit more uh, in a guided meditation. So yes, uh, headspace is a great one. And it, and you're right. Uh, it really is a habit that you get into. Um, it, it may not feel intuitive and natural at first, um, but it's a habit. Um, so insight timer has a lot of really good meditations Calm, Headspace, Peloton. There are so many. And I think that um, the pandemic is just making people more aware. Hey, we do need this. And then, you know, we're seeing a lot more, you know, startups and things like that uh, in this space. If you're an experienced meditator today, you might be interested in Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations. They're very, very different style of guided meditation. Um, If you're familiar with his work, you'd probably be interested in it. It's, it's an acquired taste. So if you're just starting out, I would start with either silent meditation or a guided meditation. So how do you start meditating? So the first thing I would say is start early in the day before, the, before you're looking at your emails. By the way, I don't look at my emails until like eight o'clock. Start early in the day, set a timer. If you can meditate even for like five minutes, I would do that. Um, part of this is going to be because it's a habit. And then part of it is going to be because you can receive benefits from it, even in just a few minutes. Um, so just set a timer, you know, there's your body just likes having like, okay, I know it's not like, uh, how many more minutes? Like, I know my timer is going to go off, um, when it's time to be done ease into it. So a lot of times, if we think about sleep, When we lay down, we don't lay down and then immediately go, okay, and now we sleep and we fall right asleep. I mean, we may, but 
usually it might take a, at least like a minute, right? Like it's, a, it's not, we don't just lay down and think, okay, sleep. And now we, we sleep. And meditation, I think, is is like that too. So we want to ease into it sometimes. So that's one of the things that TM kind of teaches folks is like how to ease into it. And so what you can do is you can pick a spot like on the other side of the room. You can look at it and then you can gently close your eyes and then you can look, open your eyes back up. You can close your eyes again. And then you can do that like a few times. Um, so you're easing into it. You're not just going close my eyes. Okay. Meditate. Like it it just doesn't work. Let's see. So using a one word mantra like OM or setting an intention can be really helpful. And so, you know, kind of like Eden was saying, you know, you, you see what comes up and then you redirect and having an intention or a one word mantra, uh, to give your brain something to focus on is really helpful. So there's a story about an Indian story about an elephant who's walking through a market and he's like swinging his trunk and he's creating all this chaos everywhere he's going. And like, he's just knocking over everybody's stands and all of their merchandise and it's just a mess. And then they give him a branch to hold in his trunk. And once he's got that branch in his trunk, he can just walk calmly through the market and having a one word mantra or an intention is like that. Because when we have thoughts come up, then we can redirect. So, you know, if if you're praying, it can be the same thing, right? If God, I want you, I would like to you to cultivate this, or I I would like this to be revealed to me. You can set an intention and ask, and then, and then come back to it when you start to get distracted. So that's the purpose of it. So like Eden said, like observe the thoughts and then redirect back to your intention. Uh, And then I would say experiment with different styles. Um, so certain things are going to resonate with you more than others. That's why there's tons of different kinds. And then lastly, um, just really aim for uh, consistency. So consistency is just really important with all of the things that we're going to talk about. And then if you're starting to feel resistance in a certain area, a lot of times what that means is you're actually hitting like a new threshold. So you're actually probably creating new neural pathways in the brain. Your body is designed to kind of keep you where you're at safe, right? So we talked a little bit about that uh, last time. And so when you start to feel resistance, don't like judge it or create some story about it. Just know, okay, maybe I'm making progress. And then just notice it. So you don't have to fix it or anything like that. But a lot of times when we are making shifts, resistance comes in to try to break whatever our new habit is. And so if that happens, just kind of keep going anyway, just be consistent with it and it'll go away. So affirmations. So I'm curious, like, does anybody use affirmations today? No? Seeing some shaking heads. Okay. So you may know this already, but the subconscious mind drives 95, and I've heard even 99% of what happens in our lives. So obviously, none of us really wants our subconscious mind to be driving that much of our lives. We want to live lives of intention. And so that's where the affirmations come in. So we are, whatever we feel, feed our minds is what our minds are going to take. And so we want to feed ourselves things that are true, things that are going to help us grow, things that are going to help us achieve our goals. And so we want to create positive affirmations that really help us go where we want to be. And, you know, you can think about like in the Bible, it talks about, 
you know, what a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? So if we believe it, then it's true. That's, that's truly how the subconscious mind works. There's a lot of examples of athletes uh, and other famous people who use affirmations. Muhammad Ali is probably one of the most famous people who uses who used affirmations. And he talks a lot about affirmations and because what happens is a belief is first a thought. And then we believe it, we keep thinking it. And so then comes a, a full-on belief. And then that belief creates behaviors. And then behaviors create patterns and then patterns create habits. And so it's this whole trickle down effect. So it's not with affirmations. It's not, oh, you know, I'm going to just think something. I'm going to tell myself something that isn't true. And then it's just magically going to happen. No, no, no. Like we're we're reprogramming our subconscious mind so that we can create new beliefs um, so that we can create new behaviors. So when I started affirmations, I, I heard about affirmations and I kind of heard about the benefits of affirmations, but I wasn't really sure how to do them. And they felt again, unnatural. So write down affirmations that either reinforce positive beliefs that you really believe to be true or things you wish you believed, but don't believe yet. You know, and I think like I definitely have suffered from lots and lots of not enoughness. And um, that not enoughness, when things happen, what would I do? I would like use my stories to say, oh, well, see, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Well, one of my affirmations could be, you know, I'm whole and complete, lacking nothing. Exactly. I'm, I'm perfect just the way I am, right? So we can use affirmations to reinforce things that we know either either reinforce beliefs that we want to cultivate or counteract things that we know are not true, but we're telling ourselves. So you can have like, I am statements. So I am brave. I am curious. I'm expansive. I'm kind, wealthy, healthy, whatever, you know, I'm created or I'm committed to achieving my goals. You can say all sorts of things because the thing is with affirmations, if you could say, I'm a future CEO, I'm a CEO. Okay, cool. Well, start acting like a CEO start thinking like a CEO, start behaving like a CEO, and you'll become a CEO. Um, so you'll still have to do the work to get to be a CEO. Um, but if you start to program yourself to say, I'm a CEO, and you start to believe it, you're going to change your behavior. And your behavior is going to change what happens in your life. Visualization techniques um, are next. Yes. I actually, we were just talking about that, Layla, with the subgroups. So yes, I think we should definitely do that. Visualization techniques. Uh, does anybody use visualization right now? Okay. Guessing that's a no. Okay. You haven't passed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So visualization techniques are really powerful. And actually I will say that I think we all use visualization techniques like all the time, actually. I think we just don't realize that we're doing it. What, what I think actually happens is that we visualize what we don't want to happen. So I just want you to think for a minute, like, you're like, oh, I don't want this thing to happen. I don't want this thing to happen. I don't want this thing to happen. And then it happens and you're like, oh, I knew it. I knew this thing was going to happen. And you're like, shoot, I knew it. And sometimes it's like, you know, 
oh, or if you think if you think about like driving down the road, there's an accident on the side. Don't hit the don't hit the car. Don't hit the car. Don't hit the car. Right? You just drive right into it because you're looking there, and so you go there. And so visualization techniques are actually very effective, and I would say that we probably use them more often than we realize. And so if we're already doing these things, let's set the intention so that we are visualizing what we actually want to happen. And so that starts with asking ourselves, how do I want to feel? What do I want to happen? Because we do have a lot of power. And so it's just about uh, harnessing it and going in the direction that we want to go. So with visualization techniques, be specific. Visualize what, what you're desiring to have happen step by step. So it could be a conversation that you want to have with somebody, maybe your boss, maybe you're asking for a promotion. Maybe it's, you know, launching a new product or something like that. Be specific, visualize what you would want to have happen, and then think about every single step that it's going to take to get there. Incorporate your senses into it. So think about like, okay, if I wanted to do a TEDx one day, start thinking about it, visualizing it. What would that look like? How would, what would the sounds be? What are, what's the sound of the audience? What are the lights feeling like? Are they hot? Where are they located? What am I wearing? Their smell of coffee in the background. Start to incorporate your senses into these visualization exercises and because it's going to make it more real. Because I know for myself, there's been things that I wanted in my life and then they happen. And then I'm like, yeah, it happened. I'm like, oh shoot, what do I do now? I didn't think about like, okay, once this thing happens, what, what do I do with it? And so when we can visualize the future that we want or something that we're desiring, you know, maybe it's a building a new house or something like that. When we can visualize it and, and bring it into, you know, our reality and our mind, then when it actually happens, we actually know what to do with it. Incorporate your emotions into it. So think about how your body's going to actually feel. So I'm going to feel excited. I'm going to feel proud. I'm going to feel a sense of achievement. I'm going to feel gratitude. Uh, think about how our body's actually going to feel because stronger the emotions are, the more our brain is going to wire around that. And when it wires around that, it's again going to change our behavior. So it's not like a, this is not like it's just going to magically happen. No, when we create new neural pathways in our brain, it is going to change our behavior and our behavior is going to impact what happens. Yes, I agree. Um, visualizations are a really good way to remember things. Hi, Paul. And then lastly, I would say embody your beliefs. So we've talked about this, but just live as if whatever it is that you're looking to have happen has already happened. And that's going to shape all of your decisions and what happens in your life. And there's a lot of folks who use visualization techniques. Of course, Tom Brady does. Jack Nicholas talks about visualization techniques a lot. And so we can think of a lot of examples from famous athletes who use these techniques. And I would argue that we are the athletes of the um, marketing world, so to speak. And so the same qualities that professional athletes use, we do too, right? So we're determined, we're focused we're hardworking, we're driven, we're all of these qualities that athletes are as well. And so if it works for them, it's going to work for us too. So exercise is next. And I'm curious what time of the day you guys all normally exercise. Morning, 6.30, 3, evening, 
Yeah, at night. Okay. Prefer AM. Yeah, right. Fit in where you can. Yes, true. So I used to always exercise in the evening. And what I found was that a lot of times my body was just kind of tired. I didn't feel like I had a lot of gas in the tank and I felt kind of depleted. And so as a result, maybe I didn't exercise. My workouts weren't always as great. One of the, I really thought switching my routine to the morning would be really hard because I was like, I'm not even awake at six o'clock in the morning, let alone like ready to exercise. And what I found is that when I started breathing more and moving more, I woke up much faster and my exercise routine was much stronger. And so exercise really helped me to get moving and actually really significantly changed my physique. I lost quite a bit of weight. I ended up signing up to be a yoga teacher because I had more space to actually enjoy the workout that I was doing. And so that allowed me to be more present in my workouts so that I wasn't thinking about my emails and my meetings and all these things. So it helped me to be a lot more present. So exercise is really helpful for a lot of reasons that I'm not, I don't really need to tell you, but probably the best ones is that it increases your breathing and blood flow. And that's going to get oxygen into your brain and body. It's going to help remove toxins. So again, um, at night, we're releasing these toxins. So I think exercise really helps to flush some of those things out uh, first thing in the morning. And then it really is going to hydrate and regenerate your uh, joints by moving that synovial fluid around in your joints. Vigorous exercise is really the key. So you really want to get your heart rate up and break a sweat. So I would say that you, I would recommend exercising for at least 30 minutes, but even if you can only get 10 minutes in, that's going to be better than nothing. If you needed to do 10 minutes of vigorous exercise and then do another workout later in the day, that's still going to be helpful. <laughs> Paul, that's synovial fluid. It's uh, what's in our joints. So it's like oil. It's like a lubricant in uh, all, of, all of our joints. Uh, so if you hear like popping and crackling, a lot of times it's just that the synovial fluid needs to get moving moving into your joints. So really try to vigorous, vigorously exercise in the morning. There's a lot of great exercise types of exercise. Just do something that you enjoy, I would say. And if you only have like a few minutes in the day, you could use like a rebounder. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's like a little mini trampoline. So you can use a rebounder and jump on that. If you jump on that for 10 minutes, you will break a sweat. I promise you. Uh, you can do jumping jacks or burpees. Uh, just do something that you enjoy doing and you have fun doing. It's just exercise, right? It doesn't have to be that hard. When we encounter stress, we experience a lack of sleep. If we're worried about hurting ourselves, it's usually exercise that we stop doing. Or we maybe just we go from like more vigorous exercise to just walking. Walking is fantastic, but it's not the same because you're not getting your heart rate up. And so when we encounter stress and lack of sleep and things like that, it's actually, I would say, more important than ever to continue exercising fully because our DNA needs to be regenerated and renewed. And exercise helps that to happen through blood flow and oxygen and our cardio and our cardiovascular system. And so it's the exact time that we really need to be leaning into our exercise routine is when we're under stress. Reading is next, um, and I'm curious like how you guys incorporate reading and learning into your day today. Peak for learning, yes. A lot of good learning for peak before bed. Yep, bed, nice.
One hour, good. Reading in your lunch break, okay, good. Yes, audible for <laughs> reading. Yeah, I'm right there too. So I usually combine exercise. I usually go for a walk and listen to uh, Audible, um, or I'll be getting ready and listen to Audible or podcast um, or when I'm driving. Because I work out for a decent amount of time in the morning, need to (laughs) put the learning bucket somewhere else. But I would say with learning, the most important thing about learning is promoting a growth mindset. So there's two kinds of mindsets. There's fixed mindsets and growth mindsets. And our culture really encourages fixed mindsets a lot, especially as marketers, right? You can have brand A or you can have brand B, but you can't have brand A and brand B, right? Like it doesn't work that way. So growth mindset means I can exercise in the morning. I can get up at 530 and I can um, be at work by nine and like kick butt all day. Or it could be, you know what? I can take this time for myself in the morning, and I can still be a really awesome parent. And so continuous learning helps us to expand our awareness um, so that we can think about things uh, in a more open sort of way. Um, There's a lot of other benefits to learning, uh, and so you guys can read more about that. And then lastly is scribing or journaling. Curious if any of you guys use journaling today. Yes. Gratitude journaling. Yes. Best self journal. Yes. I do, but not every day. Yeah. Yeah. Happy journal. Yes. Right. These are awesome. So I wanted to give you a few tips on journaling because when I started, I was like, how, how, like it was kind of like the affirmations like, well, what should I journal about? I don't know. I have these four questions and I actually have these four questions written on a sticky note. Sometimes I journal about them and sometimes I just have them to help me live more intentionally. So I do try to set an intention for every day. Think about how do I want to feel? Like, how do I want to feel in my body? How do I want to feel energetically? How do I want to feel emotionally, spiritually? What do I want to give today? And then who do I want to be today? Like, do I want to be kind, loving, you know? And we can can go in all sorts of different directions. But the goal here really is to be intentional about how we are living our lives. And I think journaling is helpful with this exercise, because journaling, especially for writing, we have to slow our brain down enough to make this happen. And so it's going to use a different part of our brain. And so when we can write things down, instead of just thinking things, we are going to create a stronger emotional connection and memory. The other things, uh, you guys definitely have these on here. One I would say is if there's things that you, um, that are causing you stress, sometimes just journaling it, is a good way to get it out. Just get it out there, get it done so your brain can kind of move on. If this is helpful for you, just think about, focus on your emotions and how you're actually feeling in your body as opposed to just journaling about the situation and the fact that you're angry. Like see if you can really uh, describe uh, how you're really feeling about a situation. And then the other two, I use these all the time. Gratitude reflection, I do this almost daily. And the thing I love about it is I don't just want to journal about the same things over and over. So I sometimes have to get really granular, like, oh man, like I had this awesome conversation with so-and-so and and I'm just really grateful for that. So we can get, we don't have to think so big about the things we're grateful for. We can be grateful for the little things. And then I do use what I call a yay list. And a yay list is where we start to just celebrate all of like the awesome things that are happening in our lives. So it could be big things 
like, hey, I got a new job, I got a promotion, I got a new house, whatever. Or it can be like a little thing, you know, my boss said, good job, or something like that. Because what's going to happen is over time, if we look back over a month, we're going to be like, oh my gosh, like, look how awesome this month was. But we don't always like, we, we celebrate it, but we don't always like completely um, solidify the emotion in our brain. And then lastly, I would say, you know, with all of this progress over perfection. And so I would encourage you, um, if you're just starting out with some of this stuff, to use habit stacking um, to build sustainable goals. So don't, you know, if it feels like it's too much to try to do all these things at once, pick one thing, pick two things. Don't, if it, if it feels like a lot, start with one thing, start with two things, start with something that feels manageable and then build off of that because we've spent our whole lives creating <laughs> habits. So to create new habits is also probably going to take a little bit of time. Give yourself some accountability, however that looks for you. Avoid rigid goal setting. We talked about this earlier, but really, um, you know, don't like, maybe you just get up one time early during the week or for my, for my first week, I got up three times at 530 in the morning. Um, and then the next time it was four times and I, I didn't ever have a goal. I never said, oh, I'm going to get up four times this week. It was, I'm just going to do it one more time. I'm just going to do it one more time. And so do it that way so that every time you do it again, it's a miracle that you're doing it instead of like, oh, I didn't do it today. And then like, like I said earlier, you can also combine exercise and learning with an audible and all that stuff. So anyway, the bottom line is make your morning routine um, work for you. You've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.